Well, hey, welcome to the Clarity Podcast. Clarity is our year-long experience of joining together as a church uh, just to try to see Jesus more clearly, and we are in the Advent season. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit when people think about Christmas time. Uh, one of the first things that comes to mind is music. Uh, music is a, just a cultural marker of Christmas. It's a way people engage uh, the Christmas season, and you think it's even interesting when you listen to what we would consider secular, often you know, non-spiritual people with no spiritual leaning, they're still singing songs about Jesus in December, which I think is a, an odd cultural quirk that that's a time of year when everybody starts singing about Jesus. And so uh, we thought with such a music emphasis in our worship experience, thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring some of our congregational worship leaders here. And so we have David Matthews from Fayetteville. Hey, guys. And Kyle Jackson from Rogers Campus. What up? Seth Prim from Everywhere. Hello there. Oh, nice. And Pat Anderson from the Rogers Campus. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, so we're looking to you guys to bring some, some spiritual guidance to this whole issue of worship and music in the Advent season. So I think the first question that I'd love for y'all to speak to that I think is on everyone's mind and heart is, how early is it legitimate to begin listening to Christmas music? As soon as Hobby Lobby puts up the Christmas decorations, that's when it's it's time to listen. That's like August. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. pretty early. So you're good. Yeah. You're good really, really early in the game. After Thanksgiving. Okay, so you're a hardliner, not until after Thanksgiving, Dave? Yes, and then I married someone who's the complete opposite of me. So how does that work out in your marriage? We began to listen to Christmas music two weeks before Thanksgiving. So okay. I grew up in a home where <clears throat> after Thanksgiving, you could listen to Christmas music. Okay. Jenna started like at the beginning of November. And so we get married, and then we find a balance. And so, so now it's family about, of origin compromise it's like thing going on. Two weeks before Thanksgiving, we pull out the tree. She decorates it. She can't put all the ornaments on it though till after Thanksgiving. Okay, so tree before, but ornaments after. Yes, <laughs> and then we start listening to music about two weeks before Thanksgiving. That's good. Any other perspectives to bring on that? No, we actually listen to music, Christmas music, July and August, and then take off until the next July and August. It would be my preference. So you want to go dark during December? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Christmas Cause, music because we're. We're working on Christmas music in July and August. So, so that's your we're done. Well, hey, so speaking of just kind of that theme of music and, and the attachment of music to Christmas, why do you think that is so? Why do we associate music with Christmas so much? Music and celebration, they've kind of always gone together, right? So it's no surprise that around Christmas we, we're going to sing. I think about Western culture, we've been heavily influenced by Christendom, right? So Catholicism and Protestantism have been like heavy players in art and culture for as long as we can remember, up until really maybe like the last 70 years or so. And so, um, you know, it, that I think that accounts for Christmas and Christmas music being such a big deal in our culture. Yeah, I think uh, I resonate with that, that it's, it's tradition. I grew up in a pastor's home, my dad being a worship pastor, so always surrounded by Christmas music. And then in our culture, it's on the radio and so that idea of, okay, it's tradition, we do it. And I think one thing we've kind of entered into is uh, looking at, well, what is Advent? What is the church calendar? What are these traditions? Why do we do these things? And so we may not know the exact answer, but we're searching into that. And uh, what we're seeing is that the traditions were started for a reason. And so um, music, celebration, remembering, uh, we remember what we sing and so I think a lot of these traditions were birthed out of how do we remember well. And so uh, when it comes to singing Chris, Christmas carols, uh, overtly Christian lyrics and songs, it's to remember the story. 
And then I think our culture has kind of adapted that and we add the Santa, we add Rudolph, we add all those things. And so now it has changed. The traditions have kind of morphed over time. Pat, you talked about just kind of all the traditional carols that we know and love. Um, and people are used to those. They kind of There's kind of a running list of songs that we know we're going to sing every Christmas. Um, you guys as a team have started putting an emphasis on writing original worship music in the church and producing original art for our body to sing. I'd be curious just kind of what's, what's y'all's vision behind that? What's the why behind um, all the effort? Because I know creating that music takes a ton of effort. So what's the, what's the vision behind why we're doing that? Um, I think a lot of it is in our job, we sit across the table from a lot of people and we hear their stories when they're talking to us about <clears throat> things that they're walking through, things that they're struggling with, um, things that they're having a hard time believing. Um, we want to write songs and, and put words in their mouth that they can believe that and fight, fight the lies with, um, with music. And so I know for me, music is one of the biggest ways things get stuck in my head. Um, I'll be sitting in my car and just a song will come on. And so for us, a lot of it has to do with the stories that we're hearing of our people and, and wanting to speak directly into that in a language that um, is familiar with them. Because um, a lot of our meetings are with the volunteers that we play with or people that are involved in our uh, worship ministries. And so I think I think that's that's one of the reasons. Uh, one, one thing to add on that, I, I just think that there are artists here. There are artists in our church, and uh, God created them to create um, and to express their worship through art. And so that's part of our worship is to, uh, I, I'm not a good jo- journaler. Uh, I can't say that word either, evidently. Um, but journaling is not something that's, that I, I've had much success at being um, disciplined at. But I write songs, and I can look back, and I can see what God was doing in my heart and my life. Um, and we've got, we've got a lot of people uh, on staff and, and volunteers that are being raised up, that that's kind of a native worship language for them. And so we want to help create a culture that gives voice to that. Yeah, I'll just say this. I'm really excited about it because um, I think of Scripture like sing a new song to the Lord, make melody to Him. And uh, there is this idea of sometimes songs do get wrote. Sometimes songs uh, wrote as in the sense of routine. Uh, to where you sing it, but you don't think about it. And I think the Christmas carols, um, a lot of it is remembering uh, what the actual lyrics mean. You know, what does it mean um, in sin and error pining? You know, the theology of that. Or mild he lays his glory by, uh, born that man no more may die. There's rich theology. And so part of our job is remind people why we sing the things that we've sung for many years. Um, But then there's also this, how can we add a fresh take sing a new song not a new truth but an old truth in a new way to to almost like the picture of art to just to add new color to that to add a new experience um to add a new melody that gets stuck in someone's head to where they're constantly thinking on these things um day in and day out so y'all just released a new worship album can you hear the sound which is an advent album of of christmas songs and so tell me with what drew you to writing specifically toward the advent season so we um actually had an advent album as our first um project and it was released through our saturday uh, night congregation mosaic but a lot of us uh other worship pastors for other congregations got to be a part of it and uh it was such a cool experience uh, to kind of be the inception of fellowship worship to 
take what we've been talking about, new songs, birthed out of our church context, and then spread it out into the world. And so uh, fast forward a few years later, a few other projects, and uh, we were talking about, hey, what's next? And uh, for me, for some reason, I just had it on my mind of, well, what if we did another Advent project? Uh, because a lot of uh, what the feedback we get from our congregations is the special services that we do at Fellowship for Easter, Christmas, those are high marks. And so uh, I kind of approached the guys and was like, what if we did another Advent project? And it looked a little bit about the services or a little bit like the services that we do on Sunday mornings, Saturday nights. And then from there, we just put songs on the table. Songs were written and uh, a lot of people touched it, and uh, we came with a with a product that is really cool. I think w- when we think about Christmas music, there's often a high sentimentality associated with it, um, high kind of commercial, Hallmark movie, sweet Christmas feel goods. Um, and while you as a team are not wanting to to necessarily squash that or be you know Scrooge to all the Christmas yeah. feels, you are calling us to something deeper. Do you want to kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think that was a part of the original vision of even doing Advent projects in the first place was to kind of almost redeem Christmas music. <laughs> um, because even in the church, it becomes so nostalgic um, that you can miss the message for just kind of the feel of the season or that kind of thing. And so I actually want to kind of extract the real meaning of the season out and put it in context that maybe aren't quite as nostalgic in feel. Um, still hinting at that because we love it. You know, it's, you should you should enter into that. I'm not I'm not saying that we don't love Christmas music and the nostalgia and all that's connected to that, but I just want to make sure that people connect with the heart of the season. Um, what is Advent about? What is Christmas about? And so um, putting songs in new contexts, um, writing new songs that can really speak to the heart, um, it was the goal. The The title track, Can You Hear the Sound? Can you tell us a little bit about both like where that came from and then also just like the songwriting process and how that played out? Totally. So whenever we were writing Can You Hear the Sound, I, uh, Dave and I got together to write one afternoon. Um, we sat down at a, a piano and um, just started playing simple chords in the key of C. Um, and and as, I, as we were talking about what we wanted to write about, we knew we wanted to write an Advent type of song. Um, but really... Uh, what I had kind of pictured in my mind was was this interaction of when uh, the people of Israel find out that that Jesus is coming, Jesus is is his first advent is happening, and I really thought of this Paul Revere type of moment of uh, hey the British are coming, the British are coming, but but with Jesus obviously. So that was kind of the inspiration behind it. So um, actually in the production, I love what we did at the beginning of it, where you can kind of hear in the faint and distance just it's Haley's voice and she's just saying. Can you hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? And it just seems far off, but I feel like that's what that moment felt like. Um, so from that, I just kind of, uh, that chorus just kind of popped out really. And um, David took it, took and ran with the verses. We, uh, we had a chorus and some verses, like Kyle said, and then we showed showed the team. And Seth was like, hey, what if the, the, the next verse was something like this type of theme? And I think it kind of it glued the song together mm-hmm. in, a, in a really cool way. And uh I mean, honestly, it's like a super messy process, and um, I have the people that I listen to that song write with other people. It's pretty similar on most of them. It's just kind of a trial and error, get together and uh, learn how to be secure in it. So, uh, but most of them end with Seth hearing it and being like, "Hey, what if we went here?" And we're like, 
done perfect. Yeah, I think that's what excites me about the process here is uh, I, I tend to be a perfectionist, and when I'm on my own, I never finish a song. Um, it, and a lot of that is there have been a few that I finished um, myself after growing through the process, but there was many years where I would start and then it would end in discouragement. And I think what what's special about what we have here and the one thing that I've really grown to love and I think that has paid off with more songs coming out is just the team trust understanding and uh, the idea of like, we know what our strengths are. We know what our weaknesses are. And so Dave mentioning, man, Seth touching it and it becoming better is Seth has this gift um, of melody and lyric to where some other people will have the gift of, uh, of, of melody harmony here and uh, to see it all come together and all of our strengths and even our different music styles and leanings. <laughs> if you listen to the new project, uh, it may feel a little schizophrenic to you. Of every song has a different it's genre nice. to it. Um, and for a while, I struggled with like, okay, okay, I, I, I kind of want a concept album where everything is similar and this doesn't feel like that. Um, but the more I live with it, the more I think it actually represents the mission vision of our church of uh, we're the body of Christ come from different backgrounds. We all have different roles. We all have different traditions, cultures. We come together unified around the gospel. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a great opportunity to be a part of the team and see how that has ministered to my life and how it's actually encouraged me to write and finish songs instead of just hide them, you know, in my voice memos. So, in a, you know, you guys are... are very helpful to remind us that music does not equal worship. And so that y'all, y'all are not just song leaders, you're worship pastors. And so you're inviting us to be, uh, to be worshipful in all of life. Um, and I know for a lot of people, when you start talking about December and the Christmas season, I almost never hear somebody talk about December without using the words busy, chaotic, crazy, Everybody just feels really scattered and really full, and there's very little time to slow down at all. So, I don't know, could you just speak a little bit to what does what does worshiping the Lord, centering on Jesus in a season that is so crazy for so many people look like, and how can we do that well? Totally. Uh, first, I'm reminded of Romans 12, 1 through 2. This is what it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I think specifically within the Christmas season, um, this lifestyle worship, this whole whole body-involved worship um, is really hard to accomplish with that verse 2 where it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. So there's a lot of that happening alongside of what the church almost feels like it's trying to to cancel out. Saying, there is hey, a Christmas pattern of the world. Absolutely. It feels like there's some sort of Christmas pattern. And um, what we're trying to say is your true and proper, proper worship might not actually look like that. It might look like slowing down. It might look like unplugging. So that's, that's kind of my, uh, at least what I would say, and I would love for you guys to speak into this too, of um, find ways to unplug, find ways to slow down, um, practice the disciplines that, that give you life, um, be around people that give you life. Um, I, I would even have a critical eye as I go through the Christmas season, not a judgmental eye, um, but just an eye that says, is this, is this worship? Does this, does this give me life? 
um, or does it not? And if it doesn't, cut it out. Um, there's total freedom to do that. So in, in light of worshiping through the holiday season, um, I would speak to that. I think, I think just a simple way is to follow the Clarity book. Like it's, it, uh, it's an incredible resource. It has a daily reading. Um, I know for me, I have to have a lot of structure because I'm a very scatterbrained um, person. And so I think even in this season, um, what I had to do last week was go in my calendar and put the time and the location that I was going to do my clarity reading at. And even just having that in my, my calendar that I look at, um, I think is, I can already tell in the, even the couple of days, it's helping keeping my, my eyes and my mind focused on Jesus and seeing him more in this, uh, in this season. So I think what we have with the clarity book is super huge and super helpful for, for that in this season. That, that's great. Um, I think we tried to accomplish that in this Advent album as well, uh, to where each song has a prayer and a meditation. And uh, it's a very personal experience to listen to the album from beginning to end because each song um, is associated with a person or a group of people or angels. And so you have Isaiah, you have Zechariah, you have uh, John the Apostle, John the Baptist, uh, you have Simeon, all these uh, stories taken from some of the Old Testament, some Luke 1 and 2. You have the angel's announcement. And uh, as you listen through the album, uh, it's almost like we're fighting against the culture of looking at Christmas from 30,000 feet yes. and say, let's enter into the story. And we're asking not just for you to enter into the story of Mary um, and to be it unto me. Uh, we're asking for you to take that truth and overlay it your life. Mm-hmm. So what does worship look like? You can take Mary's surrendering, and you can make that your prayer of, God, be it unto me. You're, have your way in everything. Uh, Simeon, uh, now I can go in peace knowing that you are with me, now that my eyes have seen the glory of my king. So we can do that very same thing. And so the truths uh, from the Christian calendar of Christ bringing hope, peace, joy, and love, uh, those things are available to you if you slow down and you enter in. So that's our prayer uh, through this album. That's so good, and I think that's a good place for us to kind of land. Um, oftentimes in a worship service, you guys kind of function a little bit like tour guides in that people kind of show up not really prepared for what they're going to experience at all, and you kind of take them by the hand and say, okay, let's go this way. Hey, let's now let's turn and go here, and that's kind of what you do in worship services. Um, we don't have the benefit of having you guys at our dining room table to then take our families and guide us and you know, in those conversations. So how do you guys do that at home? Um, when you're, what are some ideas for how we can lead our families, our, uh, our roommates through some meaningful worship times when we're not in the, in the uh, church gathering? I think for me, I think, well, I know I mentioned it earlier, um, just talking about the different personalities that me, me and my wife are. Um, I'm more of a realist or pessimist. Um, realist sounds better. And she is such an optimist and always in, in a good mood and um, something that, that we've done, um, not, not a lot, but every time we do, it's super beneficial. Is we'll just um, go back and forth and share things that we're thankful for. Um, I know that sounds a lot like a Thanksgiving type of, type of thing, but, but what I've noticed is um, whenever we begin to share things we're thankful for, um, our minds actually uh, think about those things more. And then throughout the day, instead of seeing things that I'm upset about, I'm seeing little things that I can then share with Jenna later um, that I'm thankful for. And I think a lot of that um, 
even that little practice has allowed me to almost answer the question that we ask in the song. Can you hear the sound redemption singing uh, with a yes? Because I'm, I'm beginning to see more little redemptive things throughout the day by sharing um, with Jenna back and forth, just small things that we're thankful for. And uh, it's allowed me to worship throughout the day in, uh, in a different way than I, than I would have in the past. I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to press you for even more because that that sounds really amazing. And, um, I'm guessing y'all don't just spontaneously do that. It's not like you're walking and suddenly you start spouting out Thanksgiving. How do you like, I can imagine it being a little (laughs) awkward going like, Hey, let's have a Thanksgiving time right now. How do you, how do you actually lead into that? Uh, this is okay. So, uh, transparently I'll, I'll get home and Jen will go, how's your day? And I'll start telling her about the things that I didn't like about my day immediately. And things that were upsetting or things that I'm not looking forward to, or even focus just on, on the season that I'm in right now, um, whatever that looks like. And, and she will um, then start talking about her day. And it's, it's, it's so opposite of mine in, in the sense that she talks about the relationships that she's forming at work or the time she got to spend with other people. And, um, and then after that, she'll, she'll just, she almost begins saying things she's thankful for. And then uh, she'll ask the question. So like, what are, what are you thankful for? And then, uh, so actually, my wife leads me. A lot, of, a lot of it begins with her just talking about things that she's thankful for, and then we'll start talking. More so it takes one things. of you being intentional to turn Absolutely. to turn the moment. Yeah. I love that. Any other any other thoughts or insights on what that can look like at home? I do think, like, when we're speaking about worship, obviously, as Kyle has mentioned and Dave has mentioned and and Pat as well, um, we're talking about a much bigger thing than music, right? Um, and so we're all proponents for that same time music's a part of it. Um, and as I think about our family, I really do think the more that you listen to the same songs with your kids, um, in the, in the context that say you have kids, you have a family with kids, um, listening to music together in the car. I, I really am a proponent for taking your kids with you to a worship service or going with your kids to a worship service. So you know the worship songs that they're singing. They know the worship songs you're singing. And you guys can sing them together when you're doing the dishes, when you're trying to get ready for bed, whatever. Humming those songs, um, that can be a really sweet thing. On that note, uh, I was joking with Kyle the other day. My son is six years old, and uh, he's heard the album a lot because I've listened to it a lot uh, just in the production process. And the other day, we were listening to Christmas music, and my son says, Dad, I want to listen to God is a Light. And uh, that's his favorite song on the album, and I enjoyed telling Kyle about that. Uh, but it's just really cool to see your kids just grab on to music. Um, I don't know what it is about the age of five and six, but it seems like that's where it, they really start to get engaged with, with music and start to remember melodies and lyrics. And that's just been really cool to see in my family of singing kids songs, singing Christmas songs together, uh, as well as some other traditions. Like my wife and I have to be intentional about this Advent season. Okay, what are we going to do? Um, our family's not here, our immediate family, you know, so we're here kind of by ourselves. And it's like, we're going to tell the Christmas story. How are we going to do that? Uh, we should probably buy a nativity so we can tell our kids what that is, you know, just little things like that that have been sweet as our kids get older and as we feel more of the weight and responsibility of parenting our kids in the Advent season. Just another way that Meredith and I, we don't have kids either, so it's kind of it's cool to see these two dichotomies of how you worship. Um, but one thing this season 
we've been really intentional about is uh, even decorating our house and how do we how do we put up more images that are are going to remind us and trigger us to be thankful and have that attitude of gratitude. We actually went and bought some some advent candles this year. So each each week as we come back from church, we'll light an advent candle and each day that we light that is a, is a reminder of whatever week it is to to be grateful, to have hope, have joy, have love. Um, so we just look to decorate our house with those little triggers where we can talk to each other about it. I love that because it, it can easily feel like all of those intentional rhythms, oh, I'll start that when I have kids and it matters, <laughs> instead of going, man, why not unmarried, single, you know, um, married without kids in any phase of life, creating rhythms um, and ritual around celebrating, remembering Christ is of immense value. So don't wait until some future point in your life to start doing those things. Okay, so if people want to listen to the album, the Advent album, Can You Hear the Sound? How do they do that? Uh, They go anywhere that they listen to music and they can stream it or download it. Yeah. Guys, this has been so helpful. And I just want to say I'm appreciative of what you guys do so much and and your whole team. Um, I, I have noticed that when I sit down and talk to people and they just say offhand what they think about God, what they say is reflective of the music they sing more than anything else. Those are the ideas about God that are most readily um, on the hearts and minds of people. So thank you for for helping to shape our view of God and for giving us uh, God-honoring responses um, in how to do so. Really appreciate you guys, and I hope for everyone listening this is uh, helpful as we celebrate Jesus and, and God with us this Advent season.